You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. They just pushed for COVID or? I would say everybody, but. No, um. We got a lot of rebooking of dates. A lot of people really because a, a lot of people paid fifty percent down, right? So mm. ours isn't quite fifty percent down; about twenty five percent down. But yeah, but we had some people who chose still to do like their wedding mm-hmm. on their wedding day because it was sentimental to them. Like even if they could only have twenty five people there because of the mandate, yeah. but um, we gave them another date to do their reception. reception. So they got two for the price of one, but. You know, you got to do what you got to do and help these people. I felt so bad for all of them. Oh, yeah. A year of planning and then that happened to them. That's horrible. We had one one lady that it actually affected twice. Oh, no. She was the only one, but she was like an April bride, pushed back to December. Oh, and then the Then second got pushed round, again. Yeah. And she ended up having her ceremony in December at that time, but she had her reception this last June. Yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to get married during this as a young Never. person. Yeah. And you just sitting there and you're like... Well, and mostly because I have a two-year-old, so at some point, you might end up with a quarantine kid about halfway through your engagement. <laughs> yeah. We had a few people, very few, because most people were very good to work with, and we were able to make everybody, ha- most people happy, but there was a few that, like, wanted to blame us for what was going through, and I was like, I can't control it. Yeah. Like, I have absolutely no control over it. Like, yeah. I hate it. I hate that you're going through it, but, you know, they'd get mad at us that... Five months out, we couldn't tell them five months from then what, yeah. what was going to happen. And well, then try to fit people on dates that last thing you need is people to push five months out. If you already booked two years in advance, how do you ask somebody to change your wedding date and jump things up? And then we already sent out invitations. Right. Yeah. That's, it was a lot. It was a lot. We moved probably 25. We were actually on spring break when all this hit. We didn't even know if we were going to get home. We were at the DR, and they were flying in empty planes to get everybody off the island. And our um, travel agents said, do not miss this plane. Because you might be there for a long time. Yeah, do not miss this plane. So that was kind of stressful. And, you know, with social media, we were able to see what all was happening back here, but it wasn't affecting us at all at that time. Oh, so that was spring break 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was in March. They had people sending us pictures of the grocery stores that were all empty. Empty shelves and, and, we and like, toilet oh paper. And we're thinking, oh my And our God. email was blowing up. Everybody wanting, all the brides wanting to know what they're going to do. And it was so overwhelming. we came back to a mess. But That's stressful. That's scary. It's crazy. Yeah, because it's the unknown. I mean, we were in another country not really understanding fully what all was happening back here. And then you got back here and still nobody knew what was going yeah. on for yeah. another five more months. Yeah. Hard to answer as many questions as we had. Yeah, it was hard to, hard to navigate. Have people ask, well, when do you think it's going to change? Or when? how do you feel? I'm like, I have no, I mean, I have no idea. Nobody knows. I'm just, it's just a guessing game. 
Yeah, yeah. were you going off state, state guidelines, CDC guidelines? CDC guidelines? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I imagine they were both state and local. I assume you guys were non-essential businesses compared to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a nice feeling. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, eighteen months later, here we are. Yeah. Booked out to twenty twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to have people back in the building. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was great to get back on track. When, when was your first, first wedding uh, post-COVID? Or a big event? March or Expo. Yeah. Our right. wedding expo. We so we have a wedding expo every March, the um, first week of March, and for Saturday of March. And it was the we were down to the week before of like having to decide. Okay, are we going to postpone it? Are we going to cancel it? Are we going to? Because all of our brides get free invitations, but then it's open to the public too. And literally, we had like a party, all excited with all our staff and stuff because it. They announced that they were opening the band. And we were allowed to have over a hundred in the building, mm-hmm. and we weren't going to have to cancel it. So that was our very first, very first thing. Yeah, it's it's nice, to, yeah. yeah. Plus, Plus, it's we didn't nice have to, to cancel it. So. Have all your brides come in, and oh, they love it. The vendors love it. It, it. it really is a great thing. I mean, if I was getting married, you can see all your vendors and, and put them all on the same day, so. mm-hmm. and actually get. Plus, for the vendors, it's the nice to be there and get to know people, and yeah. Show what you're able to do. Yeah. And I was looking at your vendor list. You guys have quite the group of Madison County vendors, mm-hmm. which it's is growing. nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, we so. always like meeting new good vendors to recommend. Mm-hmm. I like to stay local, so yeah. Yeah, yeah stay, stay local. That's a big thing. thing. So, so now that we're... Um, oh, wow, that says nine minutes. Now, now that we're nine, nine minutes into this... Oh, has this been recorded? Oh, yes, time? ma'am. Oh, okay. Get some good natural conversation in here. Um... <laughs> I want to first say thank you, ladies, for joining me. Um, for those people that are listening, this is both Stacy and Cherie of the Crystal Coop Event and Wedding Center. Um, usually we start the podcast by like a clap in and then I run through that part. But I thought hearing your COVID story and how you guys have been able to persevere would be um, more fitting. So thank you for the natural conversation. <laughs> um so, ladies, so the way that I usually start this is um, a couple good, like, starter questions for people, but I think we've kind of already surpassed a couple of these. So, I would like to know a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today with the Crystal Coop and I Do Rentals, right? So, um, we talked quickly. You guys are third generation. Is it Bowling Center? Bowling Center, yes. Yeah, there we go. The industry prefers. The industry prefers. So Since you, I can remember, our parents never let us call it an alley. It was never a bowling alley. So, so why do they call it a bowling store. alley? It just gave off the connotation of like smoke-filled, yeah, dirty Back street alley. Yeah, from fair. An alley. It's, it's a center. center. It's a center. It's so you guys, so you guys grew up around bowling. I grew up at uh, Cooper's. Everybody grew up around Cooper's. So um, I would assume that your original um, main name is both Cooper because you guys are sisters. Correct. Okay, so the Cooper sisters. Crazy Cooper girls. The crazy Cooper girls. <laughs> so you guys grow up in Anderson, Madison County? We did. We grew up in Anderson, went to Pendleton. We were right on the border of several schools, Madison Heights, Pendleton, and... Highland. Yeah, Highland. Our road, literally, this side was Pendleton, the neighborhood across the street was Madison Heights, and the NTU was Highland. Oh, wow. So you guys had at least friends in all three schools. Mm-hmm. So you knew everybody in the whole county. 
Plus, <laughs> plus being the girls at the uh, bowling, bowling center, center, especially back then, I assume... A lot assume, of great people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. We've made a lot of friends. So was that your first job? Did you work at the bowling center? No, it our, well, it probably was our first job, yes, pre-college, yeah. So what was I mean, it like... Cleaning and you know That's whatever clean. they made us do. When I we worked were young. at a laundry man. What are you talking yeah. about? Twelve years old, my dad dropped me off at yeah. Donnie's for lunch with a bunch of quarters. Yeah, that was the only thing that I could do. We got to clean the parking lot, so we could get enough quarters to play all the arcade yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. Man, you would find and him in there. Kong. No, that's what we got paid by our quarters. Yeah, yeah quarters. to play in the arcade. Yeah. Child labor laws. That yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> so um, your parents, you said so that's third generation. So your grandparents owned that bowling alley, right. the our bowling center. Yeah, our dad's dad started the business. How do you get into bowling? Well, funny story. Glad you asked. He was um, actually an electrician for Anderson. He uh, wired most of downtown Anderson. <laughs> and he had two boys that loved to bowl. So he would always take them to the bowling center. There was always a long waiting line for them to bowl as a family. So that kind of got my grandfather interested like hey you know this is the business to be in and actually where h and h greg building yeah. in front of target that mm -hmm. was the first center oh really before mm -hmm. it turned into the skating rink it was the bowling center um all three of them my dad my uncle which has passed away and my grandfather built um and then they moved across the street to add on wow and then they built a center in noblesville also right off 32 Oh, the first one. Nibbles. Yeah, it was. I first one was on 10th Street. Yeah. What year would that have been? In Nibblesville? Um, yeah. In Nibblesville, it would have been 79. Se okay. Does that sound right? The first one yeah. before they built. I think yeah, 79. It would have been, yes. And then they probably built it, the new one, what, in the 80s? Mm hmm. Like 84. Wow. So you girls have been obviously raised around bowling. So you guys go bowlers? No. Used to be all right. <laughs> You're not a good I was boy? always, I'm the competitive one. She's the, <laughs> would rather laugh. And, <laughs> but yeah, I used to be all right. I was better younger than I you was. You bowled a 300? 299 twice. 299 twice? <laughs> Do you still bowl? I have it in five years. I miss it, but I have it in five years. Yeah, you got to pick it back up. Put one in uh, the crystal coop. Put one on the outside. <laughs> like a bocce court. Put a bocce there court. It's like bowling. Uh, it's sands. It's outside. Yeah. It's fun. Well, um, I'm a terrible bowler, so 2.99 seems like almost all the points. So which one did? So you missed your last pin twice? Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. I was young. You know that? I was younger. That talks about. I never about, got close to it as an older bowler. I don't know why, but I was better when I was younger. I can't. I can't even imagine. What's your best ever bowling score? Is still amazing. You can't uh, say I'm a, I'm an okay bowler. Um, <laughs> that wasn't frequent. That yeah. Was yeah. Like, hey, I'm yeah. having a great day. Mine was a fluke. <laughs> what's so? What's the most games of like bowling that you played at once? Like, I imagine if your parents well, owned, if you, you could just sit there and you could do like I mean, if you fifteen were in a row. Months, you could play in 12, 12 games a day. Yeah. In a tournament. That's crazy. It was. Your thumb would get really sore. <laughs> so my dad, the way he bowls is he doesn't even put his thumb in the hole. Yeah. He just does two fingers and then yeah. just spins it. Yeah. We gotta, yeah, we got professionals that do that. Do that yeah. Well, I've seen the left-handed guy. He does the two-hand. Yeah. Two-hand. Yeah. Bowling's a popular sport. It should be more popular. Yeah. I feel like... It's trendy. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's just yeah. like the game of pool. Trendy. Very, very much so. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of starting to come back 
I think p- people that got stuck in their house for, you know, oh, yeah. 10 months were like, hey, I would like to get my kids out of the house and go do anything, yeah. especially yeah. a sport that involves, it's kind of like golf, yeah. a sport that you can eat chicken wings and beer <laughs> while you're doing it seems a lot more fun yeah. than a game of pickup basketball. Exactly. So then you guys um, went to college and studied what? So I went to Purdue. She also went to Purdue, but I was in retail management. That was my major. Um, only took me five years. That's all right. I was on the five-year fun program. <laughs> she was. We were roommates. Yeah, fun. Sisters. Sisters, and we roommated with sisters. Oh, my goodness so gracious. we had a lot of fun. I was in OLS, Organizational Leadership and Supervision. Oh. So, so you were keeping everybody on track. I tried. I tried. She still tried. She still, <laughs> still tried. <laughs> Everybody needs both sides of it. Over a good balance. Left brain and right brain. Over a good balance. That works out. So then you got out of school and started working together immediately, or did you guys go straight into the family business? I came back, went straight into the family business. Sheree was still at Purdue. Um, yeah, just. Yeah. When I, when I graduated, I went straight into. We started running the. Um, Sports pub first. Okay, so you guys, so what was that like? Shouts. Um, a great dose of reality. Yeah. <laughs> Cut yeah. people off earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. If it tells you anything we learned in our business today, we don't have liquor. We yeah. only are beer and wine, and we're quite happy with that. So a lot of lessons learned over the years. I used to think I could be a bouncer. <laughs> learned that the hard way. I, yeah, I got myself in some situations, but I don't know. Um, well, in all seriousness, we do tell brides, you know, there's just some things you don't want to remember at your wedding. And liquor, sometimes when people are just doing shots and shots and shots, because it's a celebration, mm-hmm. but, you know, usually good things don't happen. So beer and wine's been excellent for us. Well, it's nice to have that learning lesson from running a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've heard and seen it all. And So what year did you guys start running shouts? 98. 98. 98. Yeah. Running a bar in the early 2000s. So at least it was before cell phones when people were taking videos of bar fights. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's true. Very I true. remember 2000, New Year's for 2000, we thought we were all prepared for everything to crash, all the computers, all the... Oh, know, Y2K. All Y2K. Yes. Yeah. So we were I like... Was that was a We were having thing. everybody hold on to their receipts and all the servers, don't lose your receipts in case we lose all the information. And, yeah, we still, we still got charged these people at the end of the night. They're not going <laughs> to Exactly. Everybody was hoping everything would just go off yeah, so they could run was, out. It was crazy. It was a crazy yeah, day. I mean, looking back, it's hard to even imagine we did go through that. But, yeah, that's what they were saying. Everything's going to crash at midnight. Did it? No. 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 <laughs> just not, kept, a, not, a, not a glitch. Not just a glitch. kept going. Nothing. Yep. And we had a pretty old computer system at that time, register, so... So a funny story why we're on the bar subject is going back to the liquor. There was a, a lady in the bar one day, one evening, having way too much fun. <laughs> I know where you're going. And she was going around taking drinks off everybody's table and drinking them. Yeah. You know, because people were up dancing and yeah. not a lot of people were seated. And she was going around and Sheree noticed she was grabbing everybody's drinks and drinking them. And Sheree went up to her and said, well, honey, I think you've had enough fun for one night. It's time for you to leave. And started to walk her out. And the lady was heading to her table. Sheree thought to get her purse. Well, instead, she grabbed a shot of hot damn and threw it in Sheree's <laughs> face 
Oh, and no. she hates cinnamon. Yeah. So Especially all the your eyes. the lady could have thrown in her face. So Shree's like Thelma on Scooby-Doo. We can't <laughs> see anything. So that's just one of the funny stories that yeah. we... Yeah, absolutely. So you guys now have transitioned out of the uh, bowling center business and into the wedding venue business. Yes. So if you say you haven't bowled in five years, is that when the sale was? You guys sold Coopers it, at it the was time? Six years in July. So two thousand five. Two the Two thousand fifteen. Sorry, <laughs> I knew I had a five. Well, I was doing the math. I was like, well, that's... <laughs> so you sold that and immediately got into the wedding business, or you guys no. kind of took a break and were trying to figure stuff out. No. Or... So we're very close with the gentleman that purchased it, David Small. He runs a chain of owns a chain of centers. So um, we worked for him for a short time in transition, trying okay. to figure out what we were going to do with our lives. And we were doing all his book work. Transition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd been in business 50 years, had a very close relationship with the employees, wanted it to wanted them be to as smooth as we could. And, yeah, be as smooth as possible transition for them also. So Did we you were, always know you wanted to sell, or was it just getting to the point? Because the reason I say this is um, a lot of our listeners are small business owners in Madison County mm-hmm. and perpetuation and the selling of a business is one of those things that is almost a taboo subject in Madison County, yeah. especially for family businesses and businesses that have been in business for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think that at some point we all need an end goal. And if you're thrust into something because of your family, it's not always where you want to be. It's not always your passion. Right. You may be good at it. Right. Um, well, I think the best answer for that is we're both very creative people. And that was, it's very hard to be creative with bowling. True. So um, more of the wedding and the designing and setting up and all that creativity, I think, has suited us a lot better than the bowling business. Yeah. So. um, We knew we had a passion beyond it. Yeah. So So you had found the buyer, the buyer had found you, or you guys, Um, because I imagine... The bowling community is a pretty tight-knit community. Yeah. Yes, you had already is. known him for probably decades. So Dave had, put in, Dave had put something in a magazine, in a like bowler's journal, I think it was. Yeah. But there was an article about him. And we knew of him, but um, the article said that his dream was to own 10 centers. And he owned three at the time? I think so. Yeah, three. Yeah, three at the time. And as a family, you know, we had talked about it at different times and... Our, our kids never showed real interest in continuing to fourth generation, no real interest at all. Mm-hmm. So that was always a big topic, you know, where do we go from here and do we want to experience other things in our lives and all that. So it ended up being a meeting with him and by the end of the meeting it was almost a done deal. I mean, yep. it was totally spur of the moment, very quick. When you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we knew that opportunity may not come again. I mean, there's not a lot of people out there saying, I want to own 10 bowling centers. So, um, you know, our parents were getting older. They were no longer really involved in the business. So it was pretty much me and her, but we were also trying to manage people that were old. I mean, twice our age that they managed. So that caused some difficulty at times. You know, I don't want to say a power struggle, but um, no, it's tough. I, I would say yeah. a lot of people in small business go through this all the time. The the transition, especially in, it's that power change from one generation to the next generation, and you still have the same employees. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a guy the other day. He um, he owns an insurance agency, 
and he said that his um, one of his um, customer service reps just retired after 47 years. He's a, he's been in the business for 45. Yeah. So she's been in business longer than him and wrote it out all the way to the end. Yeah. And you look at that and you go, there's not a lot of employees like that anymore that have been multi-generation yeah. employees. I mean, we the hardest part we is... We were having a hard time with staff when we were there. I can't imagine what people are going through yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's... The hardest part of selling was the staff, though, because we had amazing... We had an amazing core of people. We had mm -hmm. the ones that came and went... You know, that we were just a part-time thing. That revolving door. Revolving door for them. But we yeah. had such a amazing core of prime employees. So it was super hard to ever think of losing them because they were family. Mm -hmm. And they still are family. And we had some that had been 30, 35 years. That's crazy. They changed our diapers. And then we were supposed to be managing them. I mean, literally, it happened that way. Well, that's a struggle for a power dynamic for you. Because if you, you're grown, growing up with these people and they're always in this different limelight to you and then you come back from college and they ask you to, hey. And they were all awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, they all knew that was just the way it was and I think they respected us. They knew that we were hard workers and was never going to ask them anything to do, to do that anything. we wouldn't do ourselves. Yeah. That's, I mean, we that's were a definitely thing. a team. So that wasn't so much the struggle. It was more trying to get the servers and cooks. And Which is the same struggle they're going through today. Oh, yeah. That's so a struggle that imagine. they've always yeah. had. Yeah. I feel for them. Every time I step foot in there, I think, gosh, I know what you're going through. I know it's got to be hard. It's hard mm -hmm. to find people right now. That's the truth. So then you worked a couple years during the transition, and then at what point did you say, hey, let's try this? Or did So you we were flipping houses through the transition, too. So we knew we wanted... We always loved decorating. We built our own houses, like helped each other. We contracted them. Um, always loved that. And so even though we were doing his book work and stuff on the side and on the weekends when we weren't, we were flipping houses together. And the realtor that was showing us places, actually the barn was listed as a residential home. Because was it originally a residential home? Well, originally. Because all you saw were the... Um grasses i mean like yeah for anybody that's ever driven past there prior to your ownership and barbed I, I wire fence i always and, wondered what was back there yeah so it was a drive-through feed barn originally oh and then the second owner built like that lean-to part on and he lived there and yeah. then the third owner still lived on that side but they were running a landscape business with like side. inmates like rehab type thing landscape business out the other side so there that's why there was a security gate the cameras and barbed wire and all that it was very secure in there mm -hmm. that they were running a business but also living on half of it so when it went up for sale it was listed residential oh wow and when we walked in thinking he's showing us something we can flip and she had i mean she had always the vision kind of a wedding venue she i don't know had that vision to begin with but we didn't know how we were ever going to do it but as soon as we walked in there we both were like oh, this could this could totally be it like mm -hmm. we were we actually it. we were actually in the process with the county to buy property out by our residence we had a, there was a joining property that came up for sale and we were looking at it to build a venue well once we went into this and it was in the city mm -hmm. it was you know, a whole different regulations and everything. And with it being 
residential, we were like, why go through all that for the county with septic and permits and all that when this already has all that. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really a no brainer the minute we walked in because I had been chirping in her ear like, you know, this wedding venue thing, I think it could, you know, I've been running some numbers and I think it could be a great thing. And we had done a wedding for a friend out on our property. Oh, fun. So... Um, she pretty much it. gave it us the budget, and we done all the decorating, all the setting up, done everything out on the property for them, and we really enjoyed it and got tons of compliments. Like, man, this was great. You know, you guys done wonderful, and I just every since then started researching it and looking more into it. So that's kind of where it all began. When yeah. we first took people through the barn, like when we first bought it, they were like, "You girls are crazy," like they did not see how we were gonna make it anything that people would want to get married in, I guess. Because yeah. it had like a trailer in the middle, and yeah. it was used for welding, and I mean, it was rough. Uh -huh. It was rough. We had to have the concrete floors like lifted with foam, and because it was so cracked, and, but I don't know, we both saw it. I remember the funniest was when we took my mother-in-law through it. She lives in Ohio, so she had come home to look at it. We had just bought it. I hadn't started anything, and she walked in, and she's like, are you nuts? <laughs> well, didn't you see it? We're going to do this, and we're going to oh, yeah. do this. Even our contractor that we hired to do that had helped us with a lot of the flip homes was... Shaking his head out. I mean, yeah. he kept going back and forth, and we just knew what we wanted. And yeah. he kept throwing out suggestions, and we were like, no, that's not the direction we're going, and just, just trust us. So, like, I don't know if you've been in it, but it's all whitewashed wood walls. You know, kind of this concept, I guess. But yeah. And it was wood from a sawmill down in Bird's Eye, Indiana. Really? And we sanded it, washed it, stained it, hung it, everything. And we had a friend of ours help throughout the process, but it was pretty much just the three of us that did it all. And it's different levels. Like there's no, all the wood's not one size. And the contractor kept saying, you got to make those the same size and put trim and hide the seams. And I'm like, no, that's not what we're going for. He, he just couldn't believe the way we were doing it. And he loved and it when it turned out. the framers were framing it to where it could hang horizontal. And we were like, no, you have to frame it where we can hang it vertical. We're not. And he's like, well, you don't frame things that way. And we were like, well, I mean, that's. That's, that's the way we want it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an aesthetic business. I mean, it's yeah. all about the way it looks. Exactly. That can make or break whether or not somebody comes in and decides to use you. Yeah. And, and being, being different is important. Yeah. Well, and the biggest reason we went with the whitewash is because the barns are hot right now. But in three years, if they're not, we still want it to be relevant. So it can still be a very elegant venue mm -hmm. and not... So rustic barn that's that's hot now. Thank God it is. I mean that's our vision, but with a twist, I guess with yeah. the sh all the chandeliers. You can class it up, or you can you know. Well, it depends on what you want. Yeah, right. like, it right. works both ways. And every wedding has been so unique and different, and just fun to see it all come together mm -hmm. and work with the client. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So, so what was the time frame from start to finish on the day you bought it to the day you opened? Well, I know it was nine months of construction. Um, we always say nine months because we remember because we always say it's our baby. Yeah. Like, it's it took us nine months. It was our But we bought it in... Seven days a week. Like November. And then... November, took possession in January or December of yeah. 17. And it was so cold that winter 
that we couldn't even step on the concrete in there. Like we couldn't start working until January or even maybe early February doing much because you could not be in there long without it just bitter cold. Oh yeah. Until it got spray foamed, we couldn't go in there. Yeah. I mean, that coldness would just come up through your shoes. And it was so warm. cold. So the spray foam. You're amazing. not going to get anything spray foamed. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, well and then it, it also keeps, keeps some of that heat out too. Yes. It, it helps the air and the heat, which... It's great because yeah. the wedding. I've been to some hot June weddings where the yeah. guys are sweating through shirts. Yeah. So keeping it cool when it's hot and keeping yeah. it hot when it's cool. We knew that was one thing off the top. No matter what the budget allows, we are getting air conditioning in here and we're going to be temperature controlled because yeah. I couldn't stand it otherwise. Oh, no. Oh, no. Plus, that's a huge plus for anybody looking mm -hmm. for a venue. Yeah. yeah. So I think you guys have an awesome location. I was telling you when you walked in that I'd pass your location probably... Well, I mean, five days a week for the last three years. Times. Yeah, <laughs> five days a week for the last three years because I coached down at Lapel High School. So I kind of watched the transition of pulling and ripping those big grasses out to all the work you guys were doing. Mm -hmm. The whole time I was like, what the heck is that place? <laughs> Why would you do that? And now that I look at it, having a wedding venue in Madison County, you don't realize there was a need for it until somebody fills that need. We honestly, when we were budgeting, we were like, okay, we need 20 events a year. Surely we can do. And we were thinking, you know, baby showers and just any kind of event we could get, we needed 20. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable how bombarded we got with interest. It was and amazing. still bombarded. More I mean, than we ever expected. It's nothing to have. How many emails would yeah. you say every day we go in? 20 new ones yeah. that are wow. actually relevant. Wow. It's insane. And would you say that's just word of mouth or the lack of inventory of people doing it? Yeah, I wouldn't We're say the inventory is the inventory is definitely growing. There's a lot of options now, but wedding wire, like she said, is a big it's a lot of people go there to find it. Um, I think Google, obviously, mm -hmm. and I and social media, just word of mouth, I would mm -hmm. think is we usually ask people when we do tours how they find out about us. And it's usually social media related. Yeah. So. Well, the nicest thing you have is 95% of people just want to post the pictures from their wedding. Mm -hmm. That's the best marketing you could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you don't pay enough. You get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. That's a good deal. Yeah. It's a very good deal. Yeah. So um, how many weddings will you have this year? Well, every weekend from April to... December. December. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There, there's a wedding Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Sometimes it's a Friday, Saturday where they do a two-day package. Uh-huh. Sunday's always one day. Um, sometimes, like this coming weekend, we have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <sighs> so we may have... Who cleans that up? Us. We. <laughs> I've, I've seen some of the ones um, that say you clean up your own for... We'll take $600 off the price. And I... No offense to anybody getting married, but... Exhausted. Don't, don't clean up your own at yeah. the end of the night. Right. It's I've a been long to those weddings. Yeah. And then you end up being the guy that's trying to carry out stuff. You know, like, this is not fun. This yeah. is not, I want to be in an Uber on my way home right, right now. Yeah. So we've created what we call a platinum package where they can add on the decor and it's taken off even better than we expected it yes. would, too. But yes. um, with ID Rentals and all the options that we have through that, yeah. but we can completely we decorate. So they come down to ID Rentals to a workshop. And we'll literally build their centerpiece, build their table setting right there with them so they get to see it all come together and their creativity. 
but then we do all the work. So we're, we set up everything. Yeah. And so they pick it all out. We set it up and they don't clean up a thing and it's very stress-free for them. So we've had tremendous responses on that and a lot more people booking it than I thought they would. Absolutely. So, so then you guys have to do the put up and tear down three days during the weekend. That's it, a, no wonder you have a stressful Wednesday meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a lot of times different centerpieces. That's yeah. and a lot of times we're the grant workers because in our line of business, the most important things following through with what we said we would, which is the setup and it looking perfect for them. And so that means us being there to do that setup. And a lot of times it's not us, the ones that actually they're chaperoning because mm-hmm. once we get it going and we know everything's good, that's usually when we have the other staff there to take care of it because by that time they're just the answering questions, keeping yeah. extra room stocked and just on site in case people need stuff. But our most important is getting things set up and it's a lot of, lot of grunt work. Oh yeah. So. And doing it again and again and again and again and again and again. And sometimes from midnight to three in the morning, sometimes from six in the morning till, you know, 11, whatever it takes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Weird hours. No set schedule ever in our yeah. lives. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound Mondays like and that. Tuesdays are our weekends. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. So you guys don't... We're on guys. Yeah. yeah. We're on the boat. <laughs> Mondays are Tuesdays. On the boat on Mondays. <laughs> well, at least nobody's there. Exactly. Yeah. You can avoid the traffic. Yeah. Get a nice couple days to yourselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. We have fun. So um, let's talk about I Do Rentals. So when did you guys add that to the, the group of um, businesses at the Coop, Crystal Coop? This year. Opened in March. So talk about what they do and how they help brides and all those types of things. So I Do Rentals um, currently is located behind McDonald's and Applebee's there at the intersection next to Summit Salon. Um, we have thousands of items in inventory. I mean, from altars to crates to lanterns, centerpieces. Wedding signs. Uh, yeah, wedding signs. Anything you could think of for a wedding. Usually we ask people, send us your Pinterest board. Send us pictures. I haven't really seen any on my side come through that we haven't been able to replicate. And they rent the items versus buying. So. Yeah. You know, they're not stuck with all the items at the end of a wedding, usually. I mean, what are you going to do with 25 centerpieces? They end up putting it online for sale. Yeah. So um, we noticed that the first couple of years and actually did buy a lot of stuff after people's weddings that we loved and accumulated numerous items. So it's... We always laugh. We should have named ourselves the wedding pickers. Like, it's the ID rentals because... We love to go thrifting, like thrift shopping and stuff, and we transform things. So, like, all our furniture is made by us. So, mm-hmm. like, a s'mores bar is an old dresser that we've converted to a s'mores bar, a coffee bar. You know, we make it all. So, it's it's one-of-a-kind stuff. You're not going to see it other places. Or an old vintage piece that we have recovered, mm-hmm. you know, reupholstered. And sign. She's the handy sign maker. So, you got good handwriting? Well, cricket. cricket. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit for that. The cricket does it, but. Well, thank thank you, cricket. Yeah, yes. thank you. That makes life a lot easier. Yeah, it does. So, um, like we were talking about earlier, you guys have found a really good group of people to work with. Um, how long were you guys just doing it yourselves before you decided that you needed a lot more hands? Well, all all during COVID, it was just us because it was small parties and. We, we were trying to save we were money. We to lose, so 
Um, we couldn't promise anybody any hours or anything, so we did take that whole time on ourselves. At the start, we did probably the first year. Yeah, we did mainly the first year by ourselves. First year by ourselves. Oh, wow. And but the was, first year, we weren't completely booked. That because was 18 people or 19? 19 was our first complete year. We opened in August of 18. Okay. Yeah. So, our first you know, event was August 18. Opening in August of 18, people plan usually a year out. So, 19 had a lot of events, but not not as many as we've had. In, and then 2020 got booked, and then COVID happened? Yeah. So, are you seeing a lot of those 2020 um, events that you had booked happening now in 2021? A lot of receptions. Some of them have already happened yeah. now at this point. We I think we have a few still coming up, but most of them have already taken place. I mean, yeah. we've done weddings on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays to make up for Accommodate. dates that they yeah had to choose because we was their choice. were full. Yeah. They didn't want to wait a whole year, so they chose what we had. I don't blame them. Yeah. yeah. It takes your Mondays and Tuesday weekend away from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And a lot of people would say, well, at least they're rebooking. That's great. And it was great, but it's still a date we lost. So it still lost money. Mm-hmm. So it was a hard hit. It was hard hit. Cause Especially we were just, right after opening. Right. And, we, up. and right after opening, we had the cash flow that we always wanted a covered porch and stuff for like rain to be able to have ceremonies. We knew there was a need to give people another option for ceremonies because of the weather. Mm-hmm. And we'd done that a year earlier than projected. Yeah, we did it a year earlier because we had the money available, so we paid cash for it. And then COVID yeah. hit. So, yeah. In hindsight, we wouldn't have done that. <laughs> but we made it through. Yeah. We're good. We're back on track. But yeah. now we're going to make it through. it has been a lifesaver having that porch. Oh, if yeah. you have a day that's warm and it's raining, you know, we have an alternative for brides, so they don't need distress. They just get married under a porch. And Which they, I mean, they're stressed, stressed out enough anyways. Right. So, so you guys have bridal suites and the whole yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not, not been, been to a wedding, wedding there. I dropped my, I dropped my, my wife off for a baby shower, shower once, and that was oh, okay. the only time that I've been in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But, but you guys really did find the most perfect lot you could have found that's in Anderson for a wedding venue okay thank you i think so i mean from a parking standpoint it's huge well we did that the parking lot wasn't there really that was all grass. Yeah. it was all grass you just the parking lot was actually behind yeah they had their parking lot in the back so yeah. we flipped everything which that was the budget buster of the whole project was the parking lot oh, i believe that and the yeah. city wouldn't let us um blacktop it or concrete it why drainage they thought it would overflow into the neighbors. Our property sits higher than all the neighbors, so they didn't want all that overflow. They the neighbors already had flooding issues in their backyard, so, so they needed we needed something that would <coughs> drain. Yeah, yeah. Makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when somebody pulls up to a barn, they're fine parking on. Yeah. Gravel. High heels aren't always fun, but you don't have to do it for long. Once you make yeah, it to the sidewalk, walk, you'll get there. Once you make it to the sidewalk, you're good. Yeah. yeah. Ask, Ask your, your husband to pull up towards exactly. the front and yeah. then drop you off. Yeah. yeah. Valet. We've talked about it. We, we don't do it yet, but we've talked about it. We've tried parking cars, but yeah. It is work. Yeah. People can. They just kind of want to park where they want to park, so. I don't blame Why fight the battle? Yeah. Exactly. More important things to take care of. Yeah. So, um,. I want to take the last seven minutes. Okay. That was a guess. I couldn't see because there was a pop-up on the computer. So I would take the last seven minutes for you guys to talk about... Oh, let's say this the right way. Let's, um, let's talk about 
what it means to be a small business owner who's battled adversity, not only in your current business, but in your past business. And as female-run businesses, what it means to you to see more and more female-run businesses in Madison County. Because I think you're starting to see more and more. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I've said this for a long time as a guy with two daughters, the future is female. There's, there's a lot more creative awesome people in Madison County that are doing things that are different and they all tend to be female. Mm -hmm. um, what would be your word of advice to any young girl or any young business owner out there from your adversity that you've lived through? To not be afraid to try it. I, I think that's the biggest thing I hear. Like even our cousin, she just recently were helping her get going on a mobile bar business and she's always wanted to do something like that. But people ask us all the time, how do you even do this? Like, how did you, we didn't have anybody show us how to do it like as far as starting the barn or sitting down doing budgets like we learned that over the years we learned it through school but you just do it i, I think too, too many times people are waiting on somebody to help them do it for them or something i don't know and, I mean, just and they're scared as, of the scared of the challenges and just as simple as painting this room you know i don't want to paint the room I'm, it's pain <laughs> Paint it again. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's just paint. You're trial and error. We had plenty of trial and error. It wasn't always successful. Everything we tried didn't work. But I, I would say just follow your dreams. Be prepared to work work a lot. You know, there's nothing like nothing better than being your own boss and having your own business. It you sacrifice a lot of time. You take but, it home with you. But you, but you but, enjoy it. Yeah. You the know, rewards I'll, I'll were the I'm like, gosh, it's six o'clock already. We've been here since ten, and it's six. I mean, it just goes so fast. Yeah, the day disappears. It's something you enjoy. We make a comment. We're like, I couldn't imagine being bored. Like, I don't even know what that means to be bored. And I hear people say that I'm bored. I'm like, oh my god, I I, can't, I don't think I've been bored since I was ten. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I biggest advice: go for it. Don't be scared. And don't work hard. Exactly. I think that's... Uh, and be prepared to do the work. be smart about it. I mean, do your homework. Yeah. Do your research. As Dad would say, your due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier now than ever to do your due diligence. Know yes. your numbers. The answers are out there easier now than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So... Find a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if people wanted to contact you and ask more about the Crystal Coop, book something... Um, somebody who maybe wants to get into the business but doesn't know how, looking for a contact, looking for somebody to give them, you know, at least point them in the right direction. We've had a couple and college kids reach out, yeah. like for papers and reports. And, and we've had another uh, venue owner from out of town reach out and we met with That's awesome. questions. And uh, I mean, it's kind of weird. I don't feel like a mentor, but, you know, if we can help, most definitely. Yeah, I think you're a mentor. <laughs> so if people wanted to contact you, how can they do so? What's the easiest way? I know you're on it. usually the best. Yeah, that's how I contact you. We even you. tell our tours and stuff that, like, I wish I was sitting at a desk sometimes, but we are out pulling weeds, we're mopping, we're getting ready for the next event, so email's definitely What's your email? Thing. It's office at thecrystalcoop.com. All right, easy enough. So if you want to get a hold of these girls, the Cooper gals, the Cooper... <laughs> the Coopers. crazy Cooper girls. The Crazy Cooper Girls. Um, feel free to reach out to them uh, directly on email. Uh, check them out on social media. They're on Instagram. They're everywhere. And thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.
Hey guys, thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.